You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to episode seven of the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. I am Mark. Today I am joined by Michael and Maddie. Good afternoon, everybody. Afternoon. Slash morning. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Morning, Good. afternoon. A little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're allowed to be confused. you got a lot going on today so in this weekend. So, Michael, you're allowed to not know where you are, what time zone you're in. I'm always confused. Don't worry about it. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. You win. So we're going to jump right in here. Um, let's talk about uh, last night. Um, that was quite the interesting game the Flames and Florida Panthers had. Now, there's a sentence at the start of the season if I had said, wow, that game between the Flames and Panthers is going to be like nutso. I'd, you'd be like, okay, whatever. Like the Panthers, really? Nobody cares. It's two games a year. But it actually turned out to be a fairly interesting game last night. If anybody wants to hop in, if not, I'll take it. Um, I mean, Calgary blew three leads last night, um, a two goal lead. They had a four, two lead in the third period. They blew that. Then Florida got a five to four lead and then they blew that lead. And then overtime, nobody could do anything. And uh, we did have some spirited overtime talk about, we'd make some real changes to overtime. That would be amazing. <laughs> that will never happen. But um, Calgary eventually wins in a shootout, which is kind of like finding a unicorn, with a leprechaun riding it next to the Loch Ness Monster. These things don't happen very often. So, okay, good. Calgary got two points out of it, but not the prettiest performance we've seen so far this season by the Flames. Definitely not. I mean, it was a mess just for everybody. Like, do we have the shot totals up? Like, I think both uh, sides. Did they anybody get to 20 shots through the whole game? I don't believe so. I can yeah. I can give you the actually no I can give that to you because I have four hundred and seventy-five devices open in front of me here. So if anybody <laughs> wants to keep chatting away and talk about that horror show from last night, I will get you the shot totals. Yeah, it's just I feel like you're bound to have one of those eventually. Like it's garbage time for the whole game and you have to kind of remind yourself not to get too worked up about it because that just happens sometimes. Yeah, shot totals last night. I got them in front of me. The Panthers had 23 shots. That includes overtime. So that's like, you know, you know, three and a quarter periods of hockey. And then the Flames had 24. But oddly enough, Calgary had uh, four shots in the second period. They had three in overtime, which is only five minutes. So it wasn't exactly a turned into be like a semi offensive outburst, but it was mostly a defensive stalemate in the first period with a total of 13 shots between both teams. But the rest of the game turned into a defensive nightmare and bad goaltending all around. It's brutal. Um, and brutal. It was, it uh, Don't go ahead, Michael. I was just gonna say it was a. Uh, it's kind of funny. It seems like every time they play the Panthers, they always have these weird games where it's like it's either low scoring, super close, which you don't see coming, or you see games like this where it just uh, everything's thrown out the window, and suddenly it's six four, six five, and. I don't know what it is about these two teams, but maybe it's just because they don't get together too much and they don't know each other too well, but 
it always seems to be entertaining when they play Florida, which, like you said before, other than that, like, there isn't a lot coming into the game to look forward to when it's Florida, but, man, last night's game was very entertaining, even if it made us want to pull out our hair at many different stages. Yeah, it's just kind of, in you kind of feel in a way for um, Sergei Bobrovsky, because he uh, he doesn't play well against the old Flames. Um, you know, last night he had uh, five goals that he gave up, uh, and if his his prior two uh, games, I think he gave up a total of thirteen in those games as well, including the old the nine uh, eight Flames victory when he was with Columbus last year, where he gave up eight goals at the famous John Tortorella quote was he was like, oh, it was the the eighth one that really broke the back. I think it's a quote or something <laughs> like that. The eighth one is the one that hurt us, but um, yeah, Sergey has not played well. Uh, against the Flames uh, in the last two seasons. So I'm sure he was very excited to uh, get on out of there. If I look that up, uh, yeah, last night, five goals on 24 shots. And uh, in his prior two starts, uh, he, if you combine the prior two starts and that one, that's uh, 16 goals in three games. So uh, not exactly a good showing. And David Rick wasn't exactly uh, on fire last night either. He did just enough, but... As bad as Barbarovsky played, as I mentioned in the the recap, there was a stretch there in that third period where Calgary had a power play where they put four shots on net and hit the post twice, and he really kept them into that game when it was still um, four to two. The Flames still had a two goal lead, and if he didn't play that that power play, um, you know, if he didn't play that well that during that power play, I can't talk today. Um, you know, who knows what the score final score would have been. So, all right. Well, I think that wraps up last night. I don't think we want to talk about that garbage anymore, do we? Unless anybody else has something to add about the uh, horror show that was last night. 11 goals on 47 shots. Yeah, no, I have have Riddick on my fantasy team, so I really, really don't want to talk about it. No. That makes two of us. (laughs) I don't have a fantasy team. It's not good. All right, so let's let's move on to the uh, the next area of concern, and I'm using air quotes because nobody can see me doing this. Um, Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Elias Lindholm is really the only flame producing on that that top line, and up until last night, Matthew Kachuk, you know, finally gets two goals. Uh, last night, the the 3M line wasn't really doing anything much. Actually, in a way, Michael Frolik was almost carrying that line, which is frightening in its own right. But the top line. Um, Gaudreau and Monahan not playing well so far this season. Uh, Gaudreau's got three goals and six assists. Monahan has two goals and five assists. If you compare them to last year, Gaudreau already had 15 points. He had five goals and 10 assists, and Monahan had five goals and seven assists. So they're both behind their point totals. But it seems like the tale of two different players so far this season. Gaudreau is definitely in some sort of a weird slump that he can't get out of, and he's showing it on the ice. He does not exactly hide his feelings well. Um, you can tell he's angry when he misses shots. Monahan just kind of at times looks like he's out there going through the motions. Everybody's all excited because he's throwing the body around. I, I don't care about Sean Monahan throwing his body around. I want Sean Monahan throwing pucks in the net. That's what Sean Monahan is here for. And it just seems like he's, I don't know if it's the old hockey adage that like he's gripping the stick too tight or what the problem is, but it seems like every shot he takes hits the goaltender directly in the chest. There's nothing to it. Um, you guys concerned right now what you're seeing out of Monahan and Gaudreau? Honestly, no. Um, I pulled up some numbers before we started recording here. Um, that whole top line, they're at about a 53% uh, 
Corsi four. Uh, so sh- they're winning the shot share uh, while they're on the ice. Fifty two percent expected goals, so they're getting the better of the shot quality as well. Um, and then at five on five, Monahan's at while he only has one goal, he is two point six five expected goals. So he's putting in a lot of good work, and it's just the bounces aren't really going for him right now. And I kind of expect that because regression eventually comes for us all uh that we're going to see some improvement in his game so if the number the underlying numbers were just absolute trash for that line I would certainly be worried but uh I'm hopeful for a turnaround considering that the process does seem to be sound yeah no I think that makes total sense I mean you also look at last year too I think everybody got caught up in how well that line played last year and how Goudreau, Monahan, and Lindholm just tore off at the start of the season. And the Flames are scoring ridiculous amounts of goals in games. And it's just not happening this year. Um, you know, we all kind of were hoping that Goudreau would, you know, m- get to that 100-point plateau this year. And maybe he doesn't quite get there. But, uh, you know, I, he's a player that's going to come around, I think. And the same with Monahan. Monahan's just not flashy. He's kind of, you know, we did a column last year about him not making the All-Star team. And part of his, his problem is he just... He's not a, he's not like one of those ooh ah players. He sits in the slot, shoots the puck, goes in the net. You know, he's not he's not Sidney Crosby. He's not McDavid going, you know, between his legs. Same thing with Kachuk and Gaudreau. He's just steady. And I think, you know, maybe that's one of the things that we all tend to forget that he will get there, but he's not gonna do it in some fancy manner. All of a sudden we're gonna turn around and be like, oh wow, Monahan's already got fifteen goals. Who knew? Yeah, I was going to say the one thing with Monahan is that the biggest complaint from this fan base, of course, last season, is like, okay, Sean, you can score. But what else can he do? Now, suddenly he's not scoring as much, but he's doing a lot of other good things on the ice. And people are like, okay, Sean, what's your issue now? It, it seems like we can, well, there's parts of this fan base that are never happy with Sean Monahan, no matter what he's doing out there. But yeah, like well, you said, he's not flashy. He's still going to get his chances in the slot. He's still going to score, but I think he's made some critical steps forward with the rest of the his game this year that he's a good enough player. The goals will come, but I'm really happy to see how he's elevated the rest of his play because he didn't really do that before, in my opinion. Well, Michael, haven't you heard? He's not a true number one center. Oh, you got Mark. (laughs) He's not a true number one center, and Backlund should at least be a third-line center. He's he's not a second-line center either. Those are some of my favorite things to get into on a – different social media channels every now and then. Oh. So speaking of, we'll, we'll, we'll piggyback that into Goudreau stinks, Monaghan stinks into also the flames stink. Um, everybody's in panic mode. This team's not a true playoff team. This team is garbage. I hate to break it to everybody out there. Calgary right now is six, five and one at 12 games last season. The Calgary flames were six, five and one. So it is basically the same hockey team. A couple bounces here differently, a couple saves. Maybe that record changes, but I don't think it's time to panic. Do you guys? No. Just hard no. <laughs> That's it. No. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> and I think uh, Maddie and I were talking, Michael, before you hopped in, is I think part of the problem is Edmonton is 8-2-1. and one. If the Oilers weren't off to such a hot start, I don't think people would be panicking. Sky is falling. Um, Edmonton being eight, two, and one, James Neal having the start he had with Edmonton, Calgary at six, five, and one, same record as last year. 
I think maybe that's where a little bit of this panic comes from. Anybody have an opinion on that? Or am I just crazy? I, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't help. With the Oilers, yeah. yeah, I would say the one thing with the Oilers is, like, I've kind of been watching them and following a bit closer just because of the whole James Neal thing, but also because they have started so well. They're really just being led by their two superstars, Drysdale and McDavid. I actually have Drysdale on my fantasy team, too, so I'm watching them a bit closer. But it's ridiculous how much those two and James Neal helped out a bit at the start, but he's actually cooled off a little bit as well, thank goodness. They're just absolutely dragging them to a good record to start the season. I'd say if the if uh, the Flames' top guns, which have been a little bit quiet to start the year, if they were off to a similar pace, like the Flames would be the 8-2-1 and one team. Like, I... I really don't see Edmonton sustaining this as the season goes on. You can already see some of these guys starting to get a bit worn down. Of course, they had that big comeback against Washington, but yeah, I don't think Edmonton's as good as they are right now. Like, uh, I think people are getting a little too ahead of themselves so far this year. Yeah, and I think too, if if for Edmonton, God forbid, McDavid or Drysaddle ends up, you know, in some sort of slump like Kachuk and Monahan and Gaudreau um, are in right now. I mean, you look at Monahan; he hasn't had a goal in eight games, um, which was pretty much similar to last year. I think he had a 10 game stretch where he didn't have a goal uh, at the start of the season. So whatever, but Calgary is being carried by other players. I mean, Michael Stone scored the other night. Uh, Bennett scored. Derek Ryan scored. Austin Zarnick before he disappeared again with another injury, mysterious, whatever, lower body injury. He's been scoring. Lucic is feeding people. He's going to get a goal at some point. We're going to put his 17 up in the rafters and move on with life. But I, you know, Calgary's secondary scoring has really stepped it up. And I know he gets hammered a lot. Um, you know, we tend to give him a hard time with it too, because his play has fallen off. But Michael Froelich is actually playing pretty good hockey lately. Um, you know, so I think Calgary's secondary scoring and depth, I think is an advantage to them where if those guys can keep scoring and then, Goudreau and Monahan and Kachuk and Backlund maybe get a little get hotter. I, I think Calgary is going to be in good shape, and they have more options than Edmonton does. Yeah, yeah that was and... the whole thing last year. Was uh, just a big. They had the top or the big five guys going almost night in, night out, but then it was kind of like, all right, who else is going to step up when these guys slow down? And for a little bit, they slumped when uh, eventually they did cool down. This year, I'm actually it's it looks much more sustainable with the. Uh, bottom guys kind of carrying a bit of load while the top guys are still figuring things out. And I think that's the bigger key to success because guys like Monaghan and Gaudreau, even Kachuk to an extent before last night, they're going to figure it out. They're all guys who can easily put up 80 points a year in this league. And they're going to come around. We know that's going to happen. So I think the Flames are a lot more sustainable with their bottom guys kind of carrying the load right now with their big guys coming rather than Edmonton with their big guys carrying the load and pretty much nobody else scoring on their team because eventually they will slow down. So I'm much happier with Calgary's position than Edmonton's. All right. Excellent. Well, all right. Well, that covers uh, last night's nightmare and Oh God, the flames, Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan are terrible, even though they're not, we're pretty much on pace for where we were last season. So we're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we are going to talk about the heritage classic. The flames kind of have a small game coming up on uh, Saturday night in the dark of uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. And after that, we're also going to talk about a topic that has been driving me insane all week. I might start yelling. We'll be right back on the Tinderbox. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. I am Mark. I am joined by Michael and Maddie today. We just finished up recapping Calgary's 6-5 shootout win. I don't even call it a win. It was just so ugly. Over the Florida Panthers, one of the hotter teams in the league. There's another sentence. I don't understand hockey anymore. And then we uh, talked about how Gaudreau and Monaghan are slumping a little bit and where the Flames actually are exactly where they were last year, so there's no time to panic. So, Let's jump right into Saturday. The Flames are playing in the Heritage Classic against the Winnipeg Jets Saturday night in Regina. Uh, game is at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, 10 p.m. for uh, Maddie and I here out on the East Coast. It'd be one eye open, 12 cups of coffee to get through that game. I don't know why they don't play it in the afternoon. I, I know it's going to be warmer up there, but whatever. It's a late night game. But Calgary gets a chance to play in a showcase game. The last time they played in the Heritage Classic was 2011, where they had probably the greatest uniforms ever made for a special NHL game. I'm probably the only person that thinks that. Um, I actually did have one of those for a while, and my wife wouldn't let me wear it anywhere. She said I looked like I belonged working at a McDonald's. So (laughs) so that one kind of got pushed to the back of the closet amongst, you know, the other jerseys. But anyway, so uh, Flames last played in 2011 in a Heritage Classic, and they beat the Montreal Canadiens soundly four to nothing. And it was probably the coldest outdoor hockey game on the planet. I believe the temperature was minus 11 Celsius, which in... um, American math, I don't know, makes it like negative 300 degrees or something. It was really, really cold that day. But uh, Calgary is now going to Saskatchewan to play. And Michael, you're going on a little road trip. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're heading out today. We're uh, spending, we're actually staying in Moose Jaw, which is about half an hour outside of Regina because there's no hotels. But we're very excited for this game. We got like some of the last tickets available. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. You know what my favorite part of Canada is, and I love it? I love the names of towns. I really do. Canada has the best, like, in America, we take, like, we took every town in England and just moved it over here and made it something. Like, I love Canadian town names. They're the best. Anyway, so um, Flames and uh, Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg 5-6 and uh, six so far on the season, kind of up and down, but the one uh, steady hand on that team all season long has been Connor Harlebuck. Um Connor Hellebuck is, you know, all-world goalie for the Winnipeg Jets, and I do have a soft spot for Connor Hellebuck because he played his college hockey 20 minutes for me, and I did see a lot of Connor Hellebuck in college. So um, uh, your thoughts on this game? I mean, is the outdoor games, are they kind of losing their luster because it seems like there's 15 to 30 of them every season? Um, or is this the Heritage Classic kind of special because it is strictly Canadian teams playing Canadian teams? I still think they're kind of fun. Um, I do find myself getting nervous depending on what the weather is. Um, but that's, I think, just me channeling some weird mom energy. <laughs> like, I covered the uh, the Flyers-Penguins Stadium Series game last season, and it was like this weird misty rain the whole time. And I'm like, oh, that's probably not great for them. There was the the World Juniors outdoor game a couple years back where it was just so much snow. And I'm like, one of those babies is going to get hurt. And I just, yeah. <laughs> I still think they're fun, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I think and it's funny, you look at all of the outdoor games, this will only be the fifth uh, Heritage Classic out of all the Stadium Series games. And it, oddly enough, the Heritage Classic was the first outdoor game ever played. That was uh, played back in 2003 with, shocker, the Edmonton Oilers and Montreal Canadiens, apparently the only two teams that play hockey in Canada. Uh, so they started the uh, whole process. But um, if you roll through them, uh, where are we? So they played the opening one. And then uh, the second one was Calgary and Montreal 4 nothing. The third one was Ottawa's 4-2 victory over Vancouver. And the Edmonton Oilers defeated the Winnipeg Jets 3-0 in 2016, who the Flames um, are obviously playing this weekend. So, uh, Michael, you're going out there. What, is, what are you looking forward to at the game? Well, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, just, you know, how you mentioned the uh, they're kind of getting tired in some ways. I think in Canada, the Heritage Classics are still pretty big buzz just because it's not a every-year kind of event mm-hmm. up here. They occasionally Toronto will go down and play. Like I think they played Detroit a couple of years ago in an outdoor game, but it's just, yeah. uh, it's really blown up out here whenever they do have a Heritage Classic, just because it's not nearly as often. So I'm really excited to kind of go out. It's in Regina, which is right halfway between Calgary and Winnipeg. So I think there's going to be a great mix of fans out there. It's funny, actually, uh, in the CFL, the Calgary Winnipeg teams are playing each other tonight. So there might be a little friendly rivalry going out some bars in Regina tonight. And, I think it's going to be just a really good get-together, kind of on a neutral setting for two really good fan bases that don't really hate each other, but they're going to have, we're going to have a lot of fun out there. Yeah, I was I was thinking about the game, and I was actually watching the highlights this morning uh, to put them in a column from uh, 2011. And, I mean, you look down that Calgary roster, I think, what is it? it Michael Backlund, I think Mike, Mark Giordano were the only two people left that would have been on that 2011 team, right? Am I wrong there? Yeah, no, that's correct, I think. Yeah, so I was going through, I'm like, oh, Brendan Morrison. Wow, these were the dark times. <laughs> you look at some of those guys, Rene Bork, that were playing for, for Calgary back then. Yeah, but it's funny that, you know, and I think back then was still, I mean, I don't even think he was number 11 at that point. He was still, he was kind of a youngin' at that point with uh, with the Flames. And, um, you know, and Gio was there, but that was pretty much it. But oddly enough, if you want to play a little bit of looking back on it, um, Mika Kiprasov has the most saves ever in a Heritage Classic game from that game where he stopped 39 shots, all of them in that game against Montreal. So Flames have that going for them, at least. So Heritage Classic, Saturday night, 10 p.m., Flames and Winnipeg Jets. Okay, now we're going to move on to non-happier topics. I absolutely love the post-game call-in show after Flames games on Sportsnet 960 because Pat Steinberg is a saint. He really is. The the calls that that guy gets from fans are unbelievable. And it was, I, I think I ran him off for you. It was like, well, we got to trade Gio. Get something for him now. He's too old. We got to trade Johnny. He's terrible. Monaghan's got to go. Um, what was the other one? There was, there was oh, Riddick. Our goaltending is no good. Our goaltending is terrible. Like the stuff coming in and in and in. And the one that always gets me the most is the, every year this happens. And I, I just joke with Michael. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't make it until at least February before flipping out over this because normally it's around February. People are like, well, you know, the Flames have lost three in a row and Goudreau's too small. He doesn't hit anybody. Uh, he doesn't play good defense. They should trade him. And every year I go, do it. I just want to call Calgary and the Flames. Go, do me a favor. Just trade Johnny Goudreau. Will you please trade trade him to Philadelphia, okay? Make Broad Street happy. Make Maddie happy. Make every- Just take him, <laughs> trade him, and be done with him. 
not because I want him gone because I think he stinks. I just want this fan base to see what this hockey team looks like without Johnny Gaudreau because it absolutely drives me crazy that people want him gone. Yeah, and it seems like every team has one of those too. Like we get that a lot in Philly with uh, like Shane Gostisbehere and Jake Voracek. And we always have the same talk about it after. Like you realize if you trade those guys, you no longer have Shane Gostisbehere and Jake Voracek. Like, and that hurts your team. So like, can we do a little bit of reasoning here? It's just, it's nuts. Yeah, you always want to get rid of, you know, 99 point players because they're just too small. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think it's fascinating that like ninety percent of hockey fans think they're smarter than their team's GM. And it's I keep going back to I think it's that old uh, it's a quote from Family Guy where it's like a boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It's like a gadrill's a gadrill, <laughs> but a mystery box of picks could be anything. It could even be yeah. a gadrill. Well, well, that was my one from the other night. It was something called uh, no, it was a it was a post on Twitter, and I retweeted it, and the guy got back and he's like well no listen i'm just just i said it works i didn't say we should do it but it was like let's trade it was trade sam bennett and michael Furleek and two draft picks for oh no that was the gaudreau trade it was a caller suggested trade sam bennett michael Furleek, and a draft pick for a top six score like a top six winger because that'll get you a top six winger an underachieving number four pick and an older michael Furleek and some random draft pick that's totally gonna work right yeah but a bunch of broken spare parts will get you a whole car right yeah, <laughs> Michael, that's a great analogy. That was good. I like that. Yeah. So it's like, it, I'm surprised it's come up this early this year. And again, I think it all goes back to like McDavid and Oilers. It's just, you know, look, is Gaudreau struggling? Absolutely. It, am I a huge Johnny Gaudreau fan? Absolutely. If Johnny Gaudreau was a problem in the locker room, if Johnny Gaudreau was a problem in the community, you know, if he was, you know, assaulting Uber drivers, whatever, you know, <laughs> that happens in other cities, apparently. Like if he was a problem child, fine, move on, get rid of him and, you know, get some parts for it to make it happen. But I just, the whole, like, he's got to go because he turns the puck over. He's going to turn the puck over. He is an elite offensive talent and he's going to take chances at times to try to use that elite offensive talent. And yes, there will be bad turnovers, but our, uh, Two bad turnovers in a game against pick a team. Eight games into the season, reason enough to be that mad at him to want him gone. God, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, I, I will never be mad enough at Johnny to want him gone. Right, no. exactly. He's just who who just gets rid of a top five point scorer just because you don't like him to turns over. Okay, unless you're Peter Torelli, like, but that's about it. Like, <laughs> fair enough. Man, I really I, I hope. Yeah, I really hope uh, okay. Jacob Pelletier, Pelletier like yep. pans out in a big way because I love chaos. I know, right? Another short guy who's good, who's fast. This is bad. Like, <laughs> what does everybody want? What do we want? Like, do you want to? Th- it's not like you play in that old Nintendo ice hockey game where you can build a team of like you know five of the short fat guys who run everybody over. That's just not how it works. <laughs> like, that's not. You can't have twelve Dale Hunters or you know. <laughs> You can't have wrecking balls anymore. Big beefy guys. It doesn't work that way. Like you need, the game is getting faster. And I don't understand the people who still cling to that. If you're short, you can't play hockey. Like to me, that drives me nuts. And I just, I don't understand why this fan, honestly, there are times. And I think I tweeted it out the other day and somebody yelled at me. I was like, I just don't think the times the fan base deserves him. But that's just me. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm an agent of chaos. I would like to see Goudreau, Peltier, and Matthew Phillips all in the line at some point in the future. Yes! Just to see some of these guys. <laughs> the big guys just, they'll just keel over on the spot, I think, if that happened. Like, couldn't revive and they'd just be gone. They, they just, oh, I love it so much. Their heart would just explode. <laughs> but then Calgary gets a big guy like Lucci. It's like, oh, he's too slow. There's <laughs> no happy medium. Yeah, big guys are slow. Yeah, because you can't win. Well, however, Lucic is playing well lately. So I think Calgary's winning the trade. So it's, I'm just going to say, that's, you know, Calgary's doing fine. So anybody want to add anything else before we uh, wrap up episode seven here? Just still feeling some angst uh, about well, it, but I'll get over it. Yeah. Okay. Any uh, predictions for the outdoor game? Uh, I'm going to be cold. Not that much. Ah, <laughs> oh, they said it's going to be. Uh, Two degrees Celsius again. It's Regina at night. It's it's always cold. It's Canada at night. It's cold. <laughs> so oh, I yeah, look it's... at it. At least it's not in Winnipeg. You know, I remember we had a writer here one time at uh, Matchsticks who like lived in Winnipeg, and he was like, "This is the worst place ever to live. It has the worst <laughs> weather on the planet. It's always cold. It's never warm. I hate it here." So at least it's not in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a start. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on today and chatting about last night, Saturday night, what's wrong with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan, and everything else we touched upon today in episode seven of the Tinderbox. I am Mark, Michael, and Maddie. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and Michael, uh, safe travels out there. And like we said, we want a nice, detailed diary of you and Gordy driving across Canada and all the weird things you're going to come across and lots of pictures because <laughs> it'll be a pretty good column. Yeah, I'll keep a book of town names for you just so you can have a great time when we get back. <laughs> I, no, that would be amazing. Make like, a, make like a tour shirt with all the names of the cool places you drove through. <laughs> oh, I love it, Michael. Great idea. That's awesome. All right. Well, we are the Tinderbox, the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. If you like this podcast, please visit our website, matchsticksandgasoline.com. Follow us on Twitter at matchstickscgy. You can now follow us on Instagram because we're hip at matchstickscgy as well. And you can download this podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>